0: Welcome to episode 59, I'm Luke Winstall, this is the Luke Winstall Show. Today I'm joined by Daron Harmon, a third round pick of the New England Patriots in 2013. He's known for his clutch fourth quarter interceptions in his time in New England, where he was a three-time Super Bowl champion. Harmon's one of the most dominant and experienced safeties in the NFL, after seven seasons with the Patriots, he was recently traded to the Detroit Lions. Daron, thank you for joining me on the show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. And yourself?
0: I'm doing well. I'm really excited to have you on and talk some football and talk about your journey. Well, first off, we'll go all the way back to the beginning. Where did you come from? What was life like for you growing up?
1: Uh, well, life was, life was simple. Um, I was from Dover, Delaware. Uh, my father... Worked at craft, He's a forklift manager. My mother was a teacher. Um, I had an older sister, a younger sister, and uh, I would say the thing that you know, could probably describe me as a as a young child, I would probably say was serious. Uh, I, I loved to have fun, but um, I was always a little bit more serious than other people. And uh, at a young age, I knew I wanted to play football and play in the. The NFL and I, it was a dream of mine since you know, I think it was like five and I wrote down you know my goals and what I wanted to do at five and it was hanging up on my door since I was five until I achieved them so I think it was just you know something about me that I knew I could you know uh, be a professional football player I just had to you know work hard and be disciplined.
0: Well eventually after a successful high school career you ended up playing at Rutgers. Why did you sign there and choose to go play there?
1: Well, that was at the time when Rutgers was, you know, coming up. They was making some noise. Um, I think uh, before I committed, at times, they was, you know, second in the country. They were uh, top ten in the country. They went 11-2. and two, And it was just a lot of promise um, over that, that program. It was like it was headed in the right direction, and it was. And then you had guys like, you know, uh, Ray Rice, Kenny Britt, Mike Till, Courtney Green, uh, the McCourty Twins um, guys who were, you know, getting to the league, um, um, from Rutgers, and, you know, it was a lot of DBs at that time, you know, that was just each year, you know, just putting out a DB or two who was having a chance to play in the NFL, so it was a, it was always a goal of mine to obviously, you know, be a student athlete, a collegiate athlete, but, you know, NFL was the, was the, uh, the end for me. That's what I wanted to do since I was little. So I seen that, and then education was important to me and my mom as well. Her being a teacher and uh, Rutgers education uh, was tremendous.
0: You mentioned the NFL was always the goal for you. What was your drafting experience like going to the New England Patriots in the third round?
1: Uh, it was it was it was it was it was crazy to say the least. Uh, my agent thought that I would you know be drafted. Uh, on the third day, you know, we was thinking, you know, fifth, fifth, fourth round, maybe. And uh, I'll never forget uh, the Wednesday before, Cochino called me and uh, he was saying, "Congratulate me on the college career. Uh, Congratulate me on where I got to this point. And he just told me, "You're gonna go earlier than you suspect." And at the time, I didn't know what he was talking about. You know, you know if he was talking. If, to the bucks or what, but I will always remember that and just sitting there with my family, not really knowing if I was getting drafted that night, and then it happening. Almost turning off the TV, being there with families and friends. It was a it was a surreal moment that you know I got to spend with the people uh, who mean the most to me, and um, that will always be a memory that we'll cherish.
0: You didn't get to go to the Combine, and the TV coverage didn't have a highlight package ready for you when you got picked, so what did the Patriots see in you that it seemed like no one else did?
1: Well, I just think uh, they did their homework. I mean, at the end of the day, I was, you know, I was a two-time first-team big performer in college, uh, had five picks, my, I think it was my junior year, I had, I think it was like nine or ten, like eight-pass breakups, my, my senior year, um... don't know they did their homework and when they came and worked me out um they fell in love with me and uh it was a you know blessing in disguise because at the time it didn't look like they had to compete with much but i'm just you know fortunate that my journey isn't like everybody else's because you know it's going to be another you know player out there who might not get the combine invite but if i can you know give them some type of inspiration that i did it get it as well, but I was still drafted and I'm still going on my eighth year in the league, you know, they can do it as well.
0: Your nickname's The Closer and you talk about the interceptions you had in college, you've had tons in the NFL, most of those have come in the fourth quarter. When did people start calling you The Closer and giving you that nickname?
1: (laughs) I can't remember, I think it was like year, year three or year four, I believe. I think it was my guy, Doug, he's a beat reporter up here and, um, can't remember what game it was but you know I just had another interception in the fourth quarter and then he started saying it then you know um, a couple other people started saying it then a couple of the teammates joked around started saying it and then I think it was really stamped when Coach Belichick went up there <laughs> after the I think it was the Vikings game and I got an interception that game in the fourth quarter and he, he stamped me as the closest so I think since you was at 2018, yeah, I think that's when I officially became the closer.
0: Well, you're a three-time Super Bowl champion. You won your first one in 2014, but you made a really big play in the playoffs in the divisional round leading up to that, where you intercepted Joe Flacco in the end zone to seal the game. Can you take me through that moment and how you remember it now looking back?
1: Oh, I remember too two-minute drill. Um, they're moving the ball. I think uh, Brandon Brown was in there earlier and um, he was, wasn't was feeling right so they ended up putting Logan and um, he was Logan was playing I think the whole fourth quarter and um, I just knew eventually they was going to try to attack, you know uh, Tory on uh, Logan just because Torrey's a fast guy and uh, you know they might have felt like they had a you know a matchup over there so Joe so Flacco tried to look me off in the middle I kind of stayed where I was at and i couldn't believe it but he threw it anyway and I just remember getting over there and I was like man I'm gonna have a shot and then I was like wow I'm the only one here and then I just knew I had to catch it you know keep my feet inbound and Tory tried to do a good job of just trying to you know hit me and maybe I bobble the ball but you know I just had to concentrate on the moment at, at task and I was just catching the ball and getting us out of there with a win.
0: Your first Super Bowl win came later that season in the game, when Malcolm Butler made the game-winning interception against the Seahawks, were you on the field for that play?
1: I wasn't. I was on the field for the play, the catch, the curse catch. So, you know, coming out of the middle of the field and, um, you know, you see that go, and I think the ball, you know, hit the ground. And before I'm even over there, you know, seeing where the ball was, seeing if it popped up, I'm already in my mind I'm jumping over because I, you know, I don't want to hit anybody. Don't want to get any um, get any uh, penalties, but I think once I realized I jumped over and I see the ball come up, I was like, man, I don't know if that was, you know, if it hit the ground or not. And then when I just turned around, I see him get up and run, and I couldn't believe it. Like it was, it was a sickening feeling to my stomach because you know at that moment I'm like, man, I might have lost us the Super Bowl. But, I mean, Malcolm made a great play. That's why it's a team game. That's why you always keep fighting and always keep keep um, keep playing because you never know what can happen.
0: Most definitely. You've played in some of the most interesting Super Bowl games that we've ever seen. Another one, your second Super Bowl win was the big comeback, the greatest comeback of all time, the 28-3 to game in Super Bowl 51 against Atlanta. Can you describe that experience from start to finish? Down twenty-five, then winning in overtime.
1: Uh, it was it was amazing. I think from the fact when it comes to you know the idea of never giving up. I mean, um, the the probabilities, the odds. I mean, they were stacked against us. You know, being down twenty-one to three and a half, and then you know coming back out in the third, and, and then going down twenty-eight to three. Um, so it was you know the odds were stacked up against us, but I mean. People just kept believing. They just knew eventually we just needed to make one play, and that's what it turned into. One play turned into two plays. Two good plays turned into three good plays, and it kind of changed the momentum. And obviously we knew we were up against the clock, but, you know, when you prepare for all the situations that a game can, you know, can bring you, and you prepare for those situations in practice, not just, you know, the week before the game or the week of the game, we're talking about preparation all the way from OTAs when that starts because everything, every situation came up in that game, and we needed to be prepared for every situation, and that's why we were able to, you know, make the plays that we needed to make, um, get the stops that we needed to stop, um, uh, score the points, the two-point conversions that we converted. Those are all from preparation, uh, being able to – Uh, of uh, being able to take what from the practice field to the game field in the most crucial moments.
0: Well, in the DB room, when you're preparing for a big game like that, playing a team like in Atlanta with Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu and guys like that, and then you also played a Super Bowl against the Rams, what does the preparation look like when you're facing off against a really good passing offense?
1: Uh, Well, I would say the the, the thing that always sticks out is how they're passing the ball. Um, excuse me, I'm sorry, Uh, uh, how they're passing the ball and how they're getting their chunk plays, Um, who are the go-to guys, Uh, how are they getting them the ball, like how are they getting Julio the ball, where do they like to throw him the ball, is it outside, inside, did they move him around? Like it's so much that you have to study to be able to have a great grasp on what they're trying to do offensively.
0: You had a lot of great moments and great memories with the Patriots, but now they decided to trade you to the Detroit Lions. How did you find out about that trade? When did you get the call?
1: I was actually uh, in the chair of getting uh, my wisdom tooth pulled out. And wow. uh, Bill yeah, Bill <laughs> called me back-to-back back, uh, on my phone. I seen it. I couldn't answer it. And then uh, I asked him for a moment. And, uh, I went and he told me, told me that way, uh, we had a great conversation. Um, it was nothing but respect. It was nothing but respect on my end, how appreciative I was, you know, for being there playing for the organization and it was nothing but respect on his end. Um, telling me he appreciated what I've done. Um, he felt like this would be a great opportunity for me. And they just had to, you know, the Patriots had to make some, some, some moves, had to, uh, uh, create some type of cap space so that they can, you know, have a good chance of being a good football team next year. You know, you can only respect that, the honesty, um, the the relationships I've built, built here, you know, over the last seven years. Like, it's obviously tough to leave this place that you call home, but, I mean, I'm excited for a new opportunity, a new journey, and I'm appreciative that, you know, Detroit likes my skills enough to trade for me and bring me in. Uh, to have an opportunity to compete on their football team, earn a spot, and uh, help them win football games.
0: Well, now when you look back, you made a lot of big-time plays in New England, especially interceptions. Do you have a favorite interception from your time in the NFL?
1: Ah, Favorite interception? I would have to say, you know, the 2014 Divisional Round Playoff um, against uh, the Ravens. uh, I just think, you know, you always talk about big players make big-time plays in big games, and that was a big game. I mean, we were down 14 uh, twice in that game, came back, and, you know, with the game on the line, I was able to, you know, concentrate and revert back to my training, my technique, my fundamentals, and and make a play that, you know, helped us um, go to the next round and eventually uh, win the Super Bowl that year.
0: Well, now looking ahead, what are you looking forward to most about playing for the Lions?
1: Uh, I would say uh, just gaining the respect of my, my teammates, uh, the coaches, and the fans. I mean, it's a great opportunity. Like um, They don't know much about me. Nobody there, the coaches do, but the fans don't. Um, the teammates, my teammates don't know me as, as well, my new teammates. So being able to go out there and, you know, give them a great first impression and show them that i'm willing to sacrifice i'm willing to be disciplined i am willing to do everything for this organization to win football games and i'm gonna give them the best of me um, day in and day out and i'm just really really excited and and grateful for the opportunity to show that to the coaches my teammates and, and the fans
0: you'll be in a familiar system there with matt patricia as the head coach in detroit how does that help you most
1: uh, well, like you said, especially with you know the the, the pandemic going around right now, uh, like it's gonna be it's gonna be tough like um going anywhere and learning a new offense or a new defense for anybody who's a free agent and luckily for me, um being traded to a place where I know the defense well, um I can you know already have a familiarity to be able to go in and be confident into what I'm doing. And that will help me, you know, be confident in in making plays and being the player that I need to be and show them that I can be so that I can go out there and help them win football games.
0: Off the field, I know you're a guy that's very involved in the community. I know you try to use your platform to make some change. So recently you supported a bill that has been considered in the Delaware House of Representatives that would prohibit the prosecution of children under age 12 in juvenile court. And prevent children under the age of sixteen from being prosecuted in criminal court. What motivated you to come out publicly and support that bill?
1: Uh well, I think um just being um, involved in the Players Coalition and learning more and more about the you know just system, just, um, and then having you know family members who were incarcerated, and then when you have family members who are incarcerated, you want to dig deeper and try to figure out how you can help them, and then you just see that there's so many you know. How can I put it? I, I don't like to say this but bad things and things that need to be changed from my judicial system and I feel like it's my duty as not only as a player but as a as a human being, as a father, um, as an African American man um, to raise awareness um, for these um, these rules and regulations that need change and uh, I'm looking to do that for as long as I can, because I have this platform, I was blessed with this platform, and I'm going to use it because God gave it to me.
0: Now, during the pandemic that you mentioned, what types of things are you doing to stay sharp and stay in shape and be ready for the NFL season?
1: I'm still working out. Um, I've been able to still get to where I need to get to to work out, I have, you know, multiple um, uh, equipment that I can use in my home. Um, still other places that I can get to and I'm doing everything I can I mean like I said I'm, I'm fully invested into the Lions because I know they're fully invested into me and I'm trying to make sure whenever I can get up to Detroit I'm going to be in the best shape that I can be I'm going to be mentally as sharp as I can be and I'm going to be emotionally as ready as I can be as well
0: now we'll head into our rapid fire section I've got three questions for you first off what are you passionate about outside of football Who's the toughest guy that you've ever had to face in a matchup?
1: Julio Jones in the Super Bowl.
0: And what's in your playlist right now? What kind of music are you listening to?
1: Right now I got Roddy Rich. Roddy Rich is a big guy, uh, NBA young boy. He's going on. uh, A little bit of Drake, he dropped some. uh, Some Meek, some Future. You know, all that good stuff.
0: Awesome, Duran. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you coming on the show.
1: All right, man. Thank you for having me. God bless.
0: Thank you to Duran for taking the time to join me on the show, and also to his agent, JoJo, co-founder of JJ Media. Today is a special day on The Luke Winstall Show. It's our first-ever double release. So on top of this show, I'm also putting out my interview with Nick Elam, creator of The Elam Ending. On the show, Nick Elam explains what The Elam Ending is. It's a concept that has been revolutionizing basketball and has now been put into place in the NBA All-Star Game and major tournaments like TBT, the basketball tournament. That show is interesting because Nick is a basketball innovator and his concept will be used to change the game and make late-game situations more exciting over time. That concludes episode 59 of The Luke Winstall Show. I'm Luke Winstall.